Hey everyone, my name is Noah Barnett. I'm the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And today, as always, on Friday, I'm joined by New Tay. She's a content strategist and the curator of the good marketing brief that Feather puts out. Hey, New, how is your week going? I know, I'm doing pretty good. It's going by pretty fast. How about yours? Uh, it's going well. Uh, I just actually got out of a brilliant panel discussion about end of year fundraising strategies and tips and tactics. Uh, we highlighted in the brief this week, the recording won't be available. So if you missed it, you missed it, but we will be curating some of the insights from it. And it was packed with insights. Um, something that stood out that was super simple. That's top of mind is at end of year, when you're thinking about segmentation, we typically think about, okay, how do we change the content of our email to align with you know, new donors versus uh, loyal donors, or maybe even if it's member engagement, it's like deeply engaged members versus disengaged members. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the power of the sender name. If it's anchored mm -hmm. to the last context that the segment engaged with you. So mm -hmm. something as simple as if you have a group of supporters that attended a recent event, and that was their last touch point with your organization, sending it from the MC or the host of that event can increase your conversion rates and drive better results because you can say things like, I loved mm -hmm. being together with you when the balloons dropped and we celebrated the impact we made at that event, for example. And the, that makes sense because that person was actually at the event and was able to speak from that vantage point or that point of view and deeply connect or reconnect with that audience. So simple things as such as the sender name can have huge impacts on conversion rates. Yeah, no, I love that. It makes total sense. I actually have hosted my fair share of webinars in the past. And when I host something and we send a follow-up email from me, the engagement is typically higher because they just interacted with you. You're familiar. Um, so I think it, it's a great point that you pulled out of the learning today with, I think, Mark Becker, Barbara Riley. Right. Was that was that the webinar from today with Mark Becker, Barbara Riley? It was, yeah, with Barbara and yeah, Mark yeah, yeah. and Stephanie. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. That was a that was a really good panel. So we're here to talk about what's in the brief. So what was this week's focus? Because it kind of relates to this idea of like optimizing your campaigns or thinking mm -hmm. well about your campaigns. So what was the focus yeah. this week? Yeah, I really wanted to think about what donors are experiencing right now and it's something similar to how what we're experiencing right now in our inboxes which is just like a lot of information a lot of information is being pushed out right now to promote end of year campaigns end of year sales fundraisers and so i think sometimes email can feel a little bit overwhelming at least sometimes for me i'm like oh this is just too much in here i can't i can't even sift through this information so i wanted to bring the focus into how we can you know, pair digital ads with email to help drive that engagement and drive conversion for year end. Yeah. And you brought up Sam's Club, which <laughs> isn't really something that we think about that could maybe help associations or nonprofits think well mm -hmm. about optimization. But yeah. what lessons can we learn from Sam's Club? Yeah, absolutely. Sam's Club, as we all know, it's like a wholesaler. It's kind of like a Costco, but they uh, just want... We're going to get hate mail that you said that. <laughs> Is it not the same it thing? It's nothing like Costco. <laughs> I mean, okay. 
it's a wholesaler. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's similar to Costco, but I think Costco yeah. fans and stockholders are going to be like, no, we are nothing like Sam's Club. Like Sam's Club. <laughs> Anyways, okay, I digress. Okay. What, what can we learn from Sam's Club? <laughs> Um, so they just released their holiday campaign and with economic uncertainty, inflation, instead of being more salesy and driving uh, sales in their marketing, they leaned on emotion and the feeling of togetherness around the holidays um, during such a uncertain and hard time. So I thought it was cool just to see that, you know, a Sam's Club is also doing things to resonate with their consumers emotionally the same way nonprofits are. So, I mean, just driving home that, you know, whatever you do, whatever message, whatever campaign you're pushing out, um, thinking about the end user and who's receiving that information and how you can make that connection between your mission and um, their values is going to be important. Yeah. And what I liked about this example, and it ties into another thing you shared from how Charity Water thinks about fundraising, which is Sam's Club is focusing in on this theme of togetherness, but ultimately they want you to remember Sam's Club when you're getting together with people. So whether you're making a Thanksgiving meal or a holiday meal or whatever it is. And that idea of togetherness is the output of the use of the product is something yeah. Sam's Club did, but also something that Charity Water does really well which is that they don't just focus on the need or the urgency. They definitely do in some cases, but they also focus on the outcome of if this is successful. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we drill and provide water, clean water to people that have never done it, what would that look like? It would be celebratory. It would be filled with joy and happiness. And they embed that in how they think about fundraising. Because to get to that outcome, clearly donations are required or participation or sharing, mm -hmm. but they're focusing in on the, what I would say is like the, the, the output of the product that they're offering, which is donating to provide clean water equals celebration. Sam's Club, same type of thing. The coordination and picking of groceries and food, creating a meal, bringing people together equals togetherness. Mm -hmm. And so they're showing you like the end results and then painting a picture of how participating in Sam's Club or in Charity Water get to that outcome yeah. mm -hmm. and retain the social aspect to it, where it's like, it's going to require more than us. Like togetherness says, you're not alone, you're together. Charity Water is like, hey, we came together to make this outcome. And so they're celebrating yeah. the outcome while also keeping something that's typically individual, which is like giving or shopping at Sam's Club but kind of embedding a social component to it, which I think is just incredibly powerful and something that as you're thinking about your year-end messaging or even your engagement campaigns this year, you can think about like, if we are successful, what is the outcome of that? And what does that feel like? Okay, how do yeah. we bring that into our communications? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I really like that conversation with Bradley um, at Charity Water. Charity Water, I mean, you're a supporter. I've been a longtime supporter since I talked to Scott Harrison back in my nonprofit pro days. And I think what they do in promoting the community aspect is what makes them so popular and why they've been so, sex so successful in their last decade in operation. 
In the brief this week, we talked about the value of emotions and tapping into that, but then you also talk about a lot of like practical things. So there was mm -hmm. a, a focus on conversion rate optimization and even in experimentation. What could we learn from those two inclusions in the brief? Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk about the next after um, piece first. And they're not the, this is not the first time we're bringing them up in the brief. So the nonprofit sector knows next after is based on data, mm -hmm. based on research. They do a lot of experimentation. And so I thought this was interesting. It's pretty unique. Um, they did a test where they ran two types of ads, one on a resource that they were promoting, um, which is which is a 3D graphic on a plain white background. And the other is they tested whether or not including an everyday element in like unusual context. In this case, it was an Apple note um, that they took a screenshot of and paired it for this, this resource download. And it actually performed extremely well. There was higher email acquisition, higher click-through rate. Um, they saved on cost per click. So it was wins across the board. And I think having an element like that, that someone might see and be like, mm, this, this is weird. I'm intrigued. Let me find out more. We'll force them to click it and then thus read about what it's about and then download the item. So, I mean, that for nonprofits, I think the takeaway here is just during year end, don't be scared to try to test things out. Test out new things that you've never tried before and that maybe wasn't in your peripheral. And so testing new things, see how it forms, because you never know. You might find out something that works and resonates really well with your audience that you didn't think that would. Absolutely. And I love this idea of like surprise in a <laughs> context that is usually unamusing, you know? And I think that's mm -hmm. the other thing here is in their case, they use something familiar, but also just embedding something that's like surprising that feels out of place. Like, wait, what yeah. is in here? Wait, that doesn't make sense. Um, and so yeah. I think that's the other thing to take away here is how can you have surprise as uh, embedded in your appeals or your marketing efforts this end of year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so the other thing that I shared as like a practical tip is conversion rate optimization, CRO. I feel like this has been thrown around a lot in the sector, um, but it's just really a fancy phrase for just making tweaks to your campaign to see, to boost conversion. And so this article from Forbes highlighted four different things that you can do to improve your conversion rate. And the two I really liked was one was split testing, which is, you know, trying out different versions, whether it's different versions of copy, different images, or even like different calls to action to see which performs better. Um, and then once you run that test, then you can see which one is likely to resonate more and you can stick with that moving forward. And the other one is decreasing friction um, within digital ads and how that can look is making sure when someone clicks on the digital ad, the link, the landing page that is linked to, it loads quickly. It's mobile optimized so that people who are probably on social media, scrolling, seeing your ad, feeling that they want to either learn more about it or give to your campaign, they're not going to be held back by uh, just like a white page that's taking a long time to load or isn't optimized. So they got to like zoom out to see what 
to see what the message is and yeah, what the campaign been is. There, trying to play with forms and all of that. <laughs> Exactly, um, exactly. This reminds me of a tip that Mark on the end of your fundraising panel said, which is just like making sure you walk through your own donation process. If you're a donation or if you're a membership organization, like mm -hmm. go try to sign up. Like what I call walking through the front door. We often only walk through the back door of our business yeah. and we forget that they're like most people come through the front door and we might miss something that's in um, interrupting their experience. And so mm -hmm. if you do nothing else from this brief, just like go try out your donation form or your yeah. sign up process yourself. And then the pro tip that Stephanie shared was also go ask your mom and maybe a nephew or a niece <laughs> or like another kid that's maybe in their, you know, younger years and mm -hmm. get feedback from both of them on how you can reduce friction. You don't have to right. guess. You can just yeah. have people go do it and then give you feedback. It's like a real life experiment. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's important. And sometimes yeah, that's absolutely. the best, right? We guess too often. And instead, yep. we can just try and see mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. You transition in the article from conversion rate optimization to using things like automation, mm -hmm. and even some AI to help optimize your end of year campaigns. What yep. were some of the biggest takeaways from these two articles? One about soda, and no, not Pepsi or Coke, but Soda <laughs> is an organization. And then also what Google's doing with their AI tools in digital ads. Yeah, I think that it's important, especially during such a, a busy time of year when you're maybe you're taking off, you're trying to cram all these campaigns um, into a very small window. Um, relying on technology to help scale your efforts is going to be really important. So I added these two in. The first one was Soda. Um, Nicole is such a bubbly and she was just very easy to listen to and easy to learn from. And so Soda is a very small org. So they rely on technology to automate a lot of their process between their donations to their back-end administrative tasks, um, and even their acknowledgement process and their thank you process. And so I'll share one cool example that I really liked from that conversation is, which I've actually never heard of, and I think it's worthwhile to explore it. They act, they use Zapier to integrate all of their, te their tech stack to make sure they're all talking to each other. Um, but Soda, when someone makes a donation to Soda, Nicole gets an email in draft form that's automatically created for that donor. And it populates a thank you loom video from Soda. And so she can go in, in the draft, customize it however she likes or send it as is. Um, and I think that's just like a very personal and unique touch that donors aren't getting this time of year. I'm sure most of it's just, hey, quick email. Thanks for your donation. Here's the impact. Um, but kind of putting a face to the organization, I think is going to be more impactful and might even encourage more donations throughout the end of the year. Yeah, I love that. And I think that comes into play where like AI is really helpful as well, because it's not mm -hmm. doing any, it's not doing stuff for you. It's actually enabling you to do more personalized things and more things that yeah. you can really only do. And this automation example from Soda and even some of the AI recommendations on like how to bid and how to think about advertising. We have this embedded yeah. in our tool here at Feather as well is just to enable you to do better and to focus on the right things at the right time. And both automation and AI do that. They're not doing it for yeah. you, but they're assisting you in doing more focused and better work for your mission. Yeah. Makes you become more productive and the output, you increase your output. Um, 
So yeah, Absolutely. totally agree. Well, if you're interested in getting the full good marketing brief in your inbox, you can subscribe or click on the link below. If you're listening to this on podcast, you can grab it in the show notes. And again, every week we send out the good marketing brief that hits your inbox every Wednesday morning. And then new and I sit down every Friday to really talk through what was in this week's brief as a compliment. So if you're interested in that, check that out. New, it's always a pleasure to chat with you yeah. in these scenarios. Likewise. Uh, hopefully you're doing well. And we'll have you back in the studio in two weeks because we are going to skip yeah. next week, given the holiday. Uh, mm -hmm. But we will be back in the studio in a few weeks or two weeks. And we'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Sounds great.